0: Ready to study God's Word, right? Get your Bibles out. In just a moment, I'm going to be reading some passages from, well, really from all over, so keep your fingers nimble. And um, 1 Corinthians 12 will probably be where I start. Um, This year, I felt like I had a word from the Lord uh, with regards to some of the instruction that I would be giving, and that is that on the encounter weekends... That on Sunday, the Lord simply said to me, honor, honor my presence and honor the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And um, I just feel like sometimes we've developed a a mentality or a philosophy that we, we stash some things away through the week and at other times because we don't want anybody to know that's us. And the Holy Spirit, unfortunately, has become sort of the unwanted stepchild there has come sort of a, a mentality that we don't want folks to know that we're one of those churches and they uh we don't want them to feel alienated, we don't want them to feel funny, we don't want to be embarrassed and i just i just feel like that if we'll honor god and all that he is and all that he does he'll honor us uh if we honor god he will send his favor and so um, we designed encounter weekends to go through many of the, the high points and topics we've done in times past, but I told them that I was going to use Sunday morning of the encounter weekend to talk about the Holy spirit. And so I'm glad you're here today because you need to know about the Holy spirit. I know people get nervous about the Holy spirit. I know he has been unfairly represented by many people. Uh, Sometimes people will say, the Holy Spirit made me do it. And you look at it and say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame God for that, personally. I know, I know that, that if you say to people that you are Pentecostal in your orientation, I understand that the very label, the very phrase, has certain baggages or lab, uh, extra labels that come with it that automatically make people think you're, you're out to lunch. I was reading even in the paper this morning, an editorial, that one more time... Uh, somehow, way, there's a perception that if you are serious about your faith and serious about your walk with God, that somehow that leaves you mentally unbalanced or unstable or you're irrational or you can't process things in a way that are appropriate. And for those of you that know me, know that I believe in the power of God. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I also believe that there is an order of the house. And so I believe God can move and yet there can still be order because God is not about religious sideshows. But at the same time, I think we have to come to grips with the fact that sometimes God moves and he will transcend our boundaries. And, and so while we're not here just to do weird to be weird, we also recognize the fact that God can come in and do some kind of weird stuff. I mean, you can't read your Bible very far and believe it and not see God can do some things that will stretch you. Now, the Holy Spirit is the administrator, I call him, of the things of God in the earth today. If you don't want the Holy Spirit, then you have really boxed yourself into a corner. Because without the Holy Spirit, nothing from God can be transferred to us. The Spirit of God administrates his power, his blessings, his work. You can't be successful without the power of the Holy Spirit moving in your life. Oftentimes people say, well, I just preached Jesus and Him crucified in the cross. Well, that's great and that's wonderful, but who do you think brings the power of the cross to you today? It's the Holy Spirit. So I don't want the Spirit of God in a back room on a Wednesday night where we hide Him in an elective class that you might find if you open up the catalog and you see it. I think there are moments we need to underscore we need him. We need his help. We need his, his presence in our midst. And so on occasion, particularly this year, might not be every year, but particularly this year, I'm, I'm going to take some intentional Sundays along the way and just give him the time he deserves up front and center. And so I'm going to talk to you about one of the most ticklish topics there are. I just love doing this on Sunday morning. I do. I love taking things no one else wants to talk about. And so we're going to talk about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you about that. Many Christian people have never experienced what I believe to be the subsequent touch of God called the baptism with the Holy Spirit. They don't know what it means or they've been told things that may not be exactly on target. Now, I hope you can relate to where I'm coming from, because I was trained in a denomination that not only did not understand the Holy Spirit, but unfortunately felt called of God to oppose much of what the Bible says the Holy Spirit can and will do. We would literally run off Pentecostal people in the circles I ran in. I can remember on one particular occasion, there was an altar call given, and a a lady went down the aisle. Now, I remember I was very young, probably... Uh, You know, in late teens, early 20s. And uh, you could tell that that she was being touched by God, had her arms in the air coming down. And I remember when she passed by me in the pew, she was saying something I couldn't understand. (laughs) And I said, this should be interesting. And when she went to the altar, my pastor uh, went to her. And you could tell there was a conversation that went on. And I'll just cut to the chase that after just a few moments... He uh, he asked her and with some usher's help assisted her uh, to another location. So we literally didn't have place for any manifestation. We didn't have any place to to accept or embrace uh, the workings of the Holy Spirit. The irony of it all was, and I think still is, that that we sort of thought, and I think I sort of thought back in those days, that that if that if a manifestation of the Spirit of God happened in your life like that, that somehow or another you were emotionally or mentally unstable. The irony is I've come to find out that I was on the brink of emotional and mental instability before I met the Holy Spirit. And He actually helped bring some sanity back into my life. So I just want to talk about this, and hopefully you'll open up your heart, and you'll trust me enough to know that you know, I'm not going to lead you astray. But let's, let's talk about some important context in understanding the work of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, we read this. In fact, I believe we'll probably have these things on the screen. I hope we do. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, And have all been made to drink into one spirit. Now, when you were born again, truth is, you had to have the Holy Spirit to apply the power of the cross into your life. If you think that when you met Jesus, you just met Jesus and the Holy Spirit was somewhere a couple blocks away, that is not uh, appropriate doctrine or teaching. When you got born again, you had to have the Holy Spirit show up because He was the one that that transformed you. He was the one that released the power of the cross to you. He brought you in, the Bible says, to the body of Christ. He was the one that transferred you into a new kingdom. The Holy Spirit is intricately involved in the work of salvation. But the word with, in the phrase baptism with the Holy Spirit, is so important, at least it's important to me, Because that word with means that the Holy Spirit is there in your life. You just need to be baptized with him. With him. In fact, in Matthew 3.11, if you guys have this, I'm not going to turn to all the passages. Help me out. Post Matthew 3.11. This is what uh, uh, John said. He said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. Whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Go to the next verse, Luke twenty four forty nine. Let's read that one as well. It says, "Behold, I send." Jesus says, "The promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high." Now I don't know if you've ever thought about this or not, but but. I don't know that Jesus... Jesus may well have baptized people in water. You know, we don't know. I'm sure Jesus did a lot of things that may not have been recorded in Scripture. But we see nowhere in the Scripture that Jesus ever baptized anyone in water. And it's amazing to me just stating that, that, that it is. And again, I think it's important. I think it's an act of obedience. I think it's something we must do in order to follow him. But is it not interesting that we never see him baptizing anyone in water? And yet we can read scripture from the lips of Jesus who tells us that we need a baptism though with his spirit, a baptism of power. He commands us. He says, you need to tarry. He says this to his disciples. Tarry until you receive him. People have asked me before. They said, well, don't you think like the day of Pentecost was sort of like a unique thing and it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing and, 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 and really what was happening there is that the disciples were being turned into, into Christians. And can I just share this with you? I, here's what I believe. I believe that when Jesus called the disciples and they dropped their nets, left their businesses and followed him. They were discipled for three years. They go through the Passion Week. They struggle with some doubts, but then they see him in his resurrected form. And they're linked to him. He then stands before them. And in John chapter 20, the Bible says that he literally blows on them. And he says, receive ye the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of people, I'm just mentioning Benny Hinn, they, they, they think that's funny when Benny blows on, on people. Jesus blew, the Bible says, on his disciples. Don't make fun of things until you read your Bible, and then you'll find out it's in there. And it says, he said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And then he gives them the command to go to the upper room and, 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 and pray. And they were up in the upper room for 40 days. I don't know about you, but I've had a hard time getting unsaved people to do any of that stuff. How about it? You think unsaved people are gonna go through all of that? I'm not quite sure that's the case. And so I honestly believe that Jesus was looking at those who were sincere believers and he was saying, you're gonna need, you're gonna need an experience that doesn't substitute, it's not better than, it's just, you're gonna need something to augment what's going on in you right now in order to carry out the Great Commission. In fact, to baptize means to immerse or to plunge into something. I like the picture of my wife when she teaches this lesson. She gives the illustration about about dyeing a, a, a t-shirt. If, if you have a white t-shirt, let's say, and you're, you fill up a, a, a water bin with a dye. Let's just call it a red dye. And, and you plunge that shirt into the red dye, and you pull it out. Well, it, depending on how long you keep it in there, when you pull it out, perhaps the first time, it really won't look red. It will look what color? Pink, yeah. And so it plunges in again, and, and it gets a little bit darker, and it plunges in again, and it gets a little darker. And, and, and if you immerse it, and you immerse it for long enough, it will eventually take on the color of the dye. It will become redder and redder and redder. I honestly believe... That the reason the Scripture teaches us that we're not only baptized with the Spirit, like in Acts chapter 2, but the Bible says that two chapters later, in the fourth chapter of Acts, the believers and the disciples had gathered together again because they'd thrown Peter in jail and there was a persecution threat coming upon them. It says that they gathered together again and they sought God. And the Bible says that the place was shaken again and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit again. And so what was going on? Well, every time you're plunged into the presence of God and every time you're immersed in his presence, more and more and more you begin to take on the characteristics, you begin to take on the power. I don't mean to be indelicate or politically incorrect, but you get a color change. You take on his attributes and character. I like to put it this way. I believe I put it on the screen overhead. When you are saved, the Holy Spirit resides in you. Isn't that good to know? God's in you. But when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, He begins to preside in you. And so I often look at people, and I'm not talking you out of your born-again experience, but, but I can affirm that the Holy Spirit is resident. My, my question is, is he president? Have you ever heard people say, well, you know, pastor, that may be true. And, uh, you know, I've been with you a while and, and you seem like a fairly stable individual from what I've seen. Of course, I haven't gone home with you and don't know what you may do at your house. But, you know, I don't know. If that, that may be for some people. But I don't know that it's for me. I don't know if it's for everybody. It's interesting. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, I don't believe I got that to the back. But in Acts 2 and 38, this is what Peter said he was he was interpreting the events of the day of Pentecost, and he was telling the crowd because you remember everybody's coming out and they're speaking in this language, and uh, everybody thinks they're drunk that's what the scripture says. it says, these guys are drunk and it's just in, you know it's early morning it ain't, it ain't party time yet. Happy hour has not started yet, and these guys are looking drunk, and so he's interpreting the events of the day of Pentecost, and it says in verse thirty eight Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God would call. You see, God's no respecter of persons. What he'll do for somebody that you think is super spiritual or someone that's got their act together, he'll do for you. This God is not sitting here saying, well, I have this group of first-class citizens and I have this group of second-class citizens. That's not how it works at all. God loves us perfectly as individuals. And his desire is that we want everything that he has for us. Now, the question is whether you want it isn't whether he can give it now the question arises why should we even seek something like this let's get down to the practicality of the deal why why, why would this even be important well number one is the bible tells us that jesus commanded it in acts one verse four you got it he says being assembled together with them he commanded them everyone say command he didn't say he suggested did it didn't say well you guys think about this for a couple weeks and we'll get back says, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. So whatever Jesus commands, we should take seriously. It's something we should want to do is to please him. Number two, the Bible tells us that there is a power we would not have otherwise. See, I remember back to the early days when I was pastoring in a denominational setting, I used to always marvel When I watched in those days a lot of full gospel churches now say what you want And there was a lot of silliness that went on and i'd be the first one to admit it But i'll also tell you this there was a power that was moving that amazed me And I knew the same god. I knew the same jesus, but i'd often ask myself the question Why is it that there seems to be power here, but there's no power in my life Does that mean god loves them more than he loves me? Is he doing something better in them than he is me? No, the fact of the matter is they just availed themselves to something that was there that I had not yet availed myself to. In fact, there's a power that we would not have otherwise. Put it up there, Acts 1.8. He says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Well, what happens? Well, it says that you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So if you're needing power it's available. Number three, I believe personally that when the Holy Spirit came in that event in my life, that my eyes were awakened and the veil came off and there was a revelation and an understanding that began to erupt in me that I never had before. I'd read the Bible. I don't know how many times in my life, but I'm telling you, you get God moving like that in your life and you'll see things you've never seen before. I've had people come to this church and even say, I've been going to church for decades. And I've been here for just a short amount of time. And I'm telling you, I've heard and learned things that I've never heard and learned before. And it's in the Bible. And why is that? It's because the Holy Spirit is honored here. John 14 and 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, listen, He will teach you all things. He will bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Go to the next one. John 16 and 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage, Jesus says. I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Keep going. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. Okay, Jesus is giving his job description. Of sin because they don't believe me. Of righteousness because I go to the Father. And you see me no more. Keep going. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judge. I still, listen, I have still many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. That's the job description of the Holy Spirit. And then there's the fourth thing, and this is the most ticklish, interesting subject of all. And I just am grinning from ear to ear because I'm talking about it on a Sunday morning. The Holy Spirit comes and there can be spiritual language that comes when he baptizes us with himself. In fact, the spiritual language, people have asked me, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, here's what I personally believe. I personally believe God allows us a spiritual language or what we've come to know as tongues. Now, the reason I use the term spiritual language and not tongues at times is because the minute I say tongues, there are people who cut me off right there. They'll go, oh, yeah, 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 I know, I'm just, I'm waiting for the snakes now. You got the snakes in the back room too, I'll bet. Because they instantly think because you start talking about this that somehow or another you've checked your brain out at the door and you're no longer an intelligent or intellectual person because you're one of them. Only irrational, unintelligent, overly emotional people would ever be a part of anything like that. Well, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think I'm Mr. Emotion. Uh, I'm going to say this right. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I want to really, I want to say this right. I want to say this and I mean this, I mean really, I mean, I mean sincerity, but, but you know, I, I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. Believe me. Believe me. I, 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 I'm, I'm a bright guy. I'm a bright guy. I'm not, I'm not signing up for religious sideshows. I'm not. I, I mean, you, if you've come here to Legacy any length of time, you know how we do things here. I mean, this isn't some sideshow that goes on. You can sense an order. You can sense passion, certainly. We love the Lord our God with all our hearts, soul, mind, and strength. But there's passion here. We worship God with all that we've got. And the Bible tells us we can lift our hands and clap our hands and jump up and down. And all these things you'll find in the Bible. And we find this in the Bible, too. But people don't want to talk about it because it somehow embarrasses them. And it ought not be an embarrassment. And I'm going to tell you why. In Romans 8, 26 and 27, flash it up there, guys. Paul said this likewise the spirit also helps in our weaknesses have you ever felt weak let me ask you this question have you ever felt like you were in a situation and you needed to pray and you just didn't even know what to pray how to pray i don't know that i feel like praying i i mean what do i say to god this is such a messed up thing has anybody but me ever felt like you've been there i mean wow on the, i don't even know what to say to you god it says for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Shift. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What this says is, is that there are moments in all of our lives when, when we're finding it difficult to pray. And how many of you know, sometimes we pray and we ain't even praying the will of God. You're praying just what you want. You're praying your selfish desire. In fact, you're practicing witchcraft. Because, oh God, kill them, change them. You know, they, they offended me, so shoot them. You know, you know, I mean, we don't know what to pray. Well, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray the will of God. Now, I understand, listen to me, I know this is a sticking point with lots of people. I mean, this tongue stuff, I mean, it just sounds to me, it sounds to me, it just sounds to me, Pastor, like it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. It's emotionalism, you're, you're psychologically unstable. Well, that's why I, I, I use the term spiritual language. Paul uses the phrase as well, praying in the spirit. He says, I will pray in understanding, and I will also pray in the spirit. Literally, what, what, what that whole manifestation is, is that you realize that God created you as a triune being. You are, you are spirit, soul, and body. The spirit part of you, the Bible also calls the inner man. Well, that inner man is alive and well, and he wants to get out. That inner man is what relates to God. That inner man is, is the most predisposed to being able to step into spiritual things and begin to access the things of the spirit realm. And I'm here to tell you there is a language of the spirit. The Bible tells us that when we pray, we are speaking directly to God with the inner help of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians 14.2 It says, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. People go, "This tongue stuff. It's mumbo jumbo. I can't understand it. Well, you know, I ain't talking to you. Are you with me? I know you don't understand it. The Bible says you won't understand it. I'm not talking to you. So I'm not speaking to men, but to God. For no one understands Him. However, in the Spirit... He's speaking mystery. So it is kind of strange. Even the Bible says there's a mystery to it. Because you see, this language bypasses your senses. It it totally transcends the five senses. It transcends logic, understanding. Can can I just share this with you? The enemy knows nothing unless you tell him. But when you pray in the Spirit, he's got no idea what you're talking to God about. See? See? I believe the Bible tells me clearly first Corinthians 14 four says he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself or he builds himself up. I don't know about you, but I need built up at times. Sometimes I'm depleted. I'm, I'm beat down. I could be discouraged. You know, it's just it's and sometimes I just need built up. And the Bible says that I can pray in the spirit or pray in spiritual language and, and I'll be, build myself up. And he says, it's the same thing as he who prophesies. Because if I prophesy to the church and you hear the voice of God, doesn't that build you up? When God says, I am in your midst. I've not forgotten you. I'm doing a great thing in your life. And isn't there something inside of you that goes, I needed to hear that. Boy, that helps me. And it builds you up. It's even more clear in Jude, verse 20. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Spirit. So you see, it's an ability to strengthen us, to build us up, and to cause us, once again, to be powerful people for the work of the kingdom. Now, some have said to me, oh, pastor, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's irrational. Come on now. You know, you're a smart guy. I really shouldn't have to cover this with you. You're a smart guy. You know this is just irrational and it's meaningless. Really? I'm going to explore your life here just a little bit. And I want to ask you a question. Do you really think that God only speaks in English? (laughs) And that he has a translator up there from China when the Chinese pray? Or that, you know, he has, you know, one of 5,000 different translators because... We know of, in fact, there could well be other languages, but we know of at least 5,000 different languages in the earth. So do you think God is up there and he has translated? Or maybe, maybe he speaks Chinese and he has an English translator. Have you ever thought about that? Well, I know what you'd all say. Well, no, of course not. God's bilingual. No, well, he's Multilingual. So obviously he would know all of these. He could, yeah, oh yeah, I believe that. I believe God can speak all the languages of the world. Really. So he would know every form, every derivative, every little nuance and change of all the world's languages. You would say he would know that. And I'm quite sure you'd probably, if you were a thinking person, would say, well, yes, yes, yes. You know, I, I, I probably should have got Word out to uh, Kelly Pruitt. You know, Kelly was in the Peace Corps, and, and, and she got to be in Africa for a while. Is it not true? Where's Kelly? Wave at me. Is it not true that there are certain African dialects that really, it's not like a It's like a sound, like the clicking sounds and snorting sounds. And, I mean, I, you know, for all you know, I just said God bless you in some language. Really? For all you know? Now, and even that, you, you, would, you would go so far as to say, well, okay, I'll buy it. Well, why couldn't there be a form of communication in the spirit realm that your natural mind hasn't even heard or know of? It's just because you ain't there yet. Why are we so arrogant to think that the only language has to be the language of my country? God bless America. We're going to speak English. Let's just legislate it. Take it to the church board. This is an English-speaking congregation. Hallelujah. Really? Are we that arrogant? I want to, those of you that are moms. You'll, you'll you'll get this right away. I mean, when your children are growing up, think about this. I mean, I remember my children. Been a long time now. But I remember them growing up, and they'd come toddling in, and they'd look at their mom, and they'd go, da ba-n-tabra da ba-n-tabra da ba-n-tabra. And Tracy would stand there and go, You're wanting a sippy, Baba? Okay, I'll get it for you. And I'd be standing there going, What's the deal? I'll never forget when they were learning language, and, they went, and then the first word, uh uh, that one of them had it was that we were driving through the northern california and it might have been clay because the fog would come in there to san francisco tyler was that tyler and well anyway they would say covey they couldn't say foggy so their word was covey 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 and then when we got a cat it wasn't cat or kitty it was tiggy Now think about this for just, did you right there on the spot go, quit that you Pentecostal, you, we won't have that stuff in my house. But is it not amazing, moms, because you, you, you can identify with probably quicker than the men can, but is it not true that your children can scream a certain way and you got it, whether that means change me or feed me? And they screamed. They can make noises and you know instantly, you, you know instantly what it is they're saying and all those guys are sitting there going, I don't know what's going on. It's because of the bond that you have with that child. And 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 yes, there's some intuitiveness that's going on there, but it's amazing how nobody consternates over that. And yet we come to the house of God where it says that we're sons and daughters of God and another language shows up and we all go weird. Think that through for just a minute. You're a smart guy. You're a smart woman. You see, I believe that there's a language of the Spirit. Now... Why isn't it just more accepted or open? Well, I think there are hurdles that people have to overcome. One of the hurdles is our religious tradition. Some people, some of you, some of you that are here at Legacy, you've been taught much the same way I was taught, that it either is not from God, God forbid, there are some that teach it it's from the devil, or they're told that it's not for today. It's like they allow it, but it's not for today because, you know, back then they were just these poor dumb farmers. And so God had to do these things for these poor, dumb farmers. And you know, now we're these refined, cultured, elite Americans. And that's why we don't see the book of Acts anymore. Because God's looking for just some folks who will just with simplicity once again say, Lord, whatever you want to do in me, I, I'm there. And, but we've been taught, we're told that it's not for everyone. But I already read to you, Peter said, yeah, this is, this is for anybody who wants it. Secondly, we're unfamiliar. I believe this may be one of the greatest ones. We just aren't familiar with how the inner man works in us. You've never been taught this. Now, we do teach this here. And we know how our body works. In fact, some of you are very adept at your body. You know what you should put in it. You know how it's supposed to run. You know when you feel good or you feel bad. And so you've got a handle on how your body works. Some of you know how your soul works a little bit better because that's where your mind is. That's where your emotions are. That's your decision-making center. And so you, you may even have a little bit of a handle on that. But by and large, people do not know how the inner man works. And the Bible clearly tells us that's the third portion of who we are. We are clueless. And yet Paul says that we're to be strengthened by might through his power in the inner man. What does that mean? Does that mean he's going to make my body feel better or make my mind feel better? No, he says God's going to do things in the inner man. That's the part that we've got to learn again. That's the part that has to, that has to come up and exercise dominion. Most of you, we are so beat up by our circumstances and we are so beat up by the world and the reason we are is because we do not know how that inner part of us is to arise and exercise dominion in our circumstances. And it's just because of sheer ignorance. So we're unfamiliar. And then number three, I think some of us are afraid of the counterfeit. Well, how do I don't want to know that the devil isn't going to slip in a word there. I'll give you a secret. There's a lot of devilment that comes out of your English. It doesn't seem to bother you. But let's just say for the sake of argument, how can I, be, how can I have sort of a sense of assurity? In Luke 11, he says, If a son asks for bread from any father among you, would you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asked for an egg, would he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You say, well, all right, well, how does this work? Well, I'm going to share with you just for a moment. How all of this works, number one, this is what I've come to understand. Number one is you must want this. If you, you see, I, listen to me very carefully. God loves you, and I, underst- I understand all the hurdles and boundaries and issues and ev- embarrassments and questions. I, I get it. But I have to tell you that God's not going to come and grab your throat and voice box and tongue and make you do anything. you got to want you got to want this. You cannot be casually interested in the Holy Spirit. You can't have the sort of take it or leave it mentality. You must desire this. John seven thirty seven says on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So you got to want this. If anyone thirsts, you can come. You know, you know, both with Tracy and my stories in this particular regard, we had just reached kind of the end of our rope. We knew that we had exhausted the flesh. We knew that there was nothing left inside of us as a natural human being. And we weren't even sure we could go on and do the work of the ministry unless there was something more we could tap into. And so we literally had come to the end of our rope, to the bottom of the barrel. And I'll be honest with you, that's where most folks have to come, usually for God to work in their life. They get to an end of a rope or the bottom of the barrel because as long as they've still got their nose above the waterline, they'll keep trying to tread water until it finally sinks beneath it and then they'll gurgle out, help me, God. <laughs> My hope is, is that if your nose is at waterline, you won't wait until you're drowning. Because God will still pull you out when you're drowning, but it's just a lot better if he can get you before then. But the fact is, it's usually when we're drowning, it's when we want help. And we'd reached the place where we were gurgling. And we were hungry and we were thirsty. And listen, we understood at that moment the price that we were going to pay. Because, like I said, in the circles we were in, this was not accepted. This was not going to be tolerated. We, it's not really funny, but you could embezzle money from the church. You could run off with your secretary and you could get redeemed. But you speak in tongues, you're out. Crazy. Crazy stuff. So we understood we were going to, some friends were going to think we'd lost our mind and indeed we lost the friends of a lifetime. But can I just say this? I got all of you. I think that's a pretty good deal. I didn't get you overnight, but I eventually got you. But yeah, there was a price to it. There was a stigma to it, but we were so hungry, we didn't care anymore. Secondly, you got to ask, for the baptism, we've already mentioned Luke eleven eleven through thirteen. But but you, you got to ask. You got to say, Lord, I want. I really want this in my life. You can't say, and I've heard this said before. People say, Well, Lord, you know, if you want to lay it on me, lay it on me. I'm not going to fight you about it. So if that's what you want to do, oh, you know, I'm going. I'm supposed to go all out. So just, I guess, just give it to me. Well, not, God, I, I I can tell you, nothing's going to happen. It's it's a thirst. It's a hunger. It's a desire. God is a rewarder, the scripture says, of those who diligently seek him. You can't sort of seek him. You got to want it. You have to present yourself with an expectation that God really can and does do this, and he'll do this for you. And number three, it's the part sometimes that people don't understand, and that is the Lord, as I mentioned, isn't just going to grab you or grab your mouth and make you do what he wants. In Acts 2, 4, it says that they spoke, they spoke as the spirit gave utterance. Hear that? Did, did you hear that? It said, they spoke as the Spirit gave utterance. In other words, that God will move, just like I can have all kinds of thoughts in my mind, let's say, but those thoughts will not be articulated until what? I, I So I can have all this going on inside of me, but I must, I must begin to articulate those things. Well, God can be doing all sorts of things in me. I mean, He can be going to town in me. I mean, He can be writing a book in me. But I have to speak, speak. See, when you took a foreign language, you couldn't say to your French teacher, let's say, all right, I'm, all, I'm open to French. I, I'd even like to speak French. I see the need in my life to have some French. So I'm here, I'm in class, lay it on me, make me do it. If it's really your desire for me to speak in French, I'm, I'm here. How many of you know? You flunk. You just flunked French class. Why? Because the teacher will not force you. The Holy Spirit is what? A teacher. And, and he, he moves and he works in you, but you begin to articulate. Nobody's going to force you to do anything. That's the great thing about legacy. We don't force people into this. Today, if this isn't your cup of tea, you just say, well, you know what? I appreciate Pastor Sharon on that. That was interesting. I'm going to pray on it. Consider it. And uh, I'll be back next week because he'll be on another topic. But for some of you I'm talking to, you're going, I need more God in my life. I, I, I need an endowment in power. You know, for Tracy and myself, it was a little bit different. And, and, and I don't know why God does this. I mean, it just when I, I remember people laying hands on me and praying for me. And when the manifestation came out, it, it seemed to come out fluently. Now, that's just how God did it. Now, when Tracy did it, if she were to tell you the story, she would tell you it frustrated her greatly because it was like all she got was one word. And and, and then a little bit later on, another word came. And and, and she would tell you and admit to it that there was some frustration to it because she sees others or her husband uh, being, it seems like, fluent, but then it seems like it's just sort of one word on top of another word on top of another word, and it was like, oh, this is duddy. But then you know God started to speak to us and there are a couple things. Number one is I think the Lord did that in our relationship and marriage and the Lord knew that he called us is because there were going to be people who would come into this experience from both directions. And we needed to understand them. Secondly, it was just revealed to us that you know there are angels right now in heaven whose sole purpose for all of eternity is to utter one word. Holy. That's all they say. For all eternity is holy. I'll share with you that I I really believe this whole area, when you boil it down, is just basically boils down to pride. Because you see, if you can't learn to yield your tongue, then I don't know that you'll really adequately yield anything else in your life. See, the tongue is the spiritual rudder, the scripture says, of our life. And if we haven't learned to yield the rudder to the one who needs to steer it, how do you expect him to work in any other area you think is yielded? You see, there's an incredible a connection and a flow to all of these things. I know that people are always self-conscious. And, and, I, and I'll just be honest with you. We get self-conscious because we just haven't entered into it consistently. The first time you do anything, you're a little self-conscious about it. I don't think about it anymore. You can come in here at intercession time and you'll hear me and I'll be praying in the Spirit. In fact... I'll come to Wednesdays and almost for an hour I'll just pray in the Spirit. And I don't think about it anymore. It's just a part of my life. You see, I don't believe it's irrational. I believe it's transrational. I believe that God through this transcends my mind because my mind gets me in a lot of trouble. But God has a way of transcending that. Not, it's not irrational, it's transrational. And he, and he almost supersedes my natural analytical ways. He supersedes me and, my, you know, I want things to be logical. And my whole life is an outline. I outline everything. And so, you know, that's how I look at life. It's just one big outline. But you know what? God doesn't always work in your outline. And the key for me is that most people want to take what God does in their spirit. Listen to it. This is very important. I'm going to end here with this. God wants to take what he does inside of them. And then what we want to do is we want to filter it through our brain. And then we let it come out of our mouth. And here's the problem. Is that when God begins to speak and, and, and those sounds are bubbling inside of us, the minute you let it go to your brain, your brain starts going, that doesn't make any sense. That's yeah, weird. That's crazy. You ain't going to get me saying that. Somebody will think I lost my mind. God doesn't ask for this to go to here to go to here. Out of your innermost man will flow rivers. See, see, we've got we've to learn that this is not the center of the universe. This is the center of the universe. See, When God bubbles in your spirit... Come on, I know what people say. Well, you see, you're saying, you're saying you check your mind out. I'm not saying you check your mind out. I know exactly what's going on. It's not an emotional moment for me. There's no emotion to it. It's not like I have to get the music. (laughs) Come on, Robert, crash in there. Yeah, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. That's it has nothing to do with that. We've been, we've accepted what others think is going on. It's me letting God speak to me on the inside and just by a simple act of my will, allowing the sounds of another kingdom. How I many you know every kingdom has a language? Every nation has a language. Every people has a language. I'm convinced that God too has has a language. Now, this is a non-pressurized moment. I I I've seen let me, let me If you come up and tell me some crazy story, I'll look at you and say, I can top that. I know there are times and stories and ways this has been ministered that have been absolutely over the top. But here's what we're going to do. Listen to me. God loves you. Everybody say that. We sang it this morning. Everyone say it together. Say, God loves me. God loves me. God loves you. It isn't about God loving you. It isn't about God saving you. It isn't about anything more than is there a place in your life to receive something that can help you navigate your life maybe a little more successfully. Some of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I know for me, and I believe for Trace too, I believe we were baptized in the Holy Spirit years before that manifestation of spiritual language ever came out of our mouths. The reason it didn't come out of our mouths was because of all the crazy religious things we'd been told. And so it took a while for us just to die to some of those notions. And so I honestly believe that people do get baptized with the Holy Spirit and they may not instantly speak in another language. Now, I know some don't believe that, but we're not at that church. This is where we're at here. I believe that in just a moment, we're going to lay hands on people and they're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because if you ask for it, God will do it. Some of them will speak in other languages. Some may not. We will anticipate everyone to step into that. But if you don't, don't worry. You will. It'll happen. I've heard people showering in a shower. And all of a sudden, they're just singing to the Lord. And all of a sudden, the, the, the language just comes out of people driving down the road. You say, you can drive down the road and pray in tongues? Absolutely. You don't have to, you don't have, to have your eyes roll back in your head. <laughs> Yet God is my pilot. Everybody gets all weird. This is normal kingdom existence. It really is normal kingdom existence. So don't fret. Don't be in anxiety. God loves you. He really wants the best for you. We want the best for you too. And I've just come to the conclusion that if it says I can have it, I want it. I want it. I don't, I don't want, I'm not cutting him off at any point. I want it all. i never forget one time I, I was, I was negotiating with the Lord and I said, well, Lord, you know, the word says that it's one of the lesser gifts. So why don't we just go buy the lesser and we'll get in on the other stuff. And you know, we don't really have to think about this stuff. And I'll never forget the spirit of God spoke to me just like it was an audible voice. And he said, if you can't handle that, which is lesser, you'll never be given that which is greater. See, he gets you every corner. Here's what we're going to do. I want everyone to stand real quick. I'd like our leadership to come and stand before me. I want you to come and face me here, real quick. Real quick. Come on, like you want it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray for these people, real here. We're just going to pray for a refilling. And in just a moment, I'm going to give an invitation. And if you'd like, some of you would just probably like a refilling. But there are some of you that maybe have never experienced what I've talked about this morning. And, you know, we believe that. And I believe it honors God on occasion that we specifically talk about that, even on a Sunday morning. You say, what if there's a guest? And it could weird them out. Folks, this is the kingdom. My job is to help people understand the kingdom. Not to somehow just get them in a seat and don't tell them the other stuff because it might run them off. Well, we're th- they're going to learn it sometime. Amen. So we're going to pray for a filling and then I'm going to ask these guys just to, after I pray for them to begin to just stretch out and, and then we're just going to invite people to come and, and you're going to be ministered to not, not like we do on, on numbers of occasions which is like corporately but, but I want you to come to someone here in just a minute. Uh, in fact, and and I may amend that just a little bit, but but let's just begin to seek God Father, I ask you right now that you would according to your word be true to us here this morning And and just like lord in an upper room in a strange place in the city of jerusalem That in this mall in a strange place In the holy city we call charleston That you would somehow transform this room into an upper room And that lord you would send your spirit into this place Lord I I know how I can sometimes communicate and it doesn't come out quite right or maybe like I wanted it so I pray right now Lord that you would take the things that I have said and the things that people need to forget Lord let it just be forgotten but the things they needed to hear let them right now begin to hear what you're saying to them Holy Spirit you're honored in this place you are honored in this place. Lord, refill these, the leaders of this local church so that they might do the work of the kingdom right now. As your people come, whether they come to be encouraged, refilled, maybe a first time, whatever it may be, wherever they're at, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to use these people right now in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I just lay hands on them right now in Jesus. Refill them right now in the name of Jesus. Refill them right now fill them up again just do something fresh in their life hallelujah fresh fresh in your life fresh in your life freshness coming in Jesus name hallelujah just just a a renewed in filling right now in your life in the name of Jesus in Jesus name from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet Lord right now in Jesus name Lord, we just speak that filling in their life right now. In Jesus' name. Here's what I want to do. Okay, guys, all you leaders, just, just fill, just kind of split yourself in half. And some of you on this side and turn around and face the folks here for just a minute. Okay, Lord, right now let's sing. This is the air I breathe, this is the air I breathe, your holy prayer. My daily bread, your very word spoken to me, everybody, and I'm desperate. I'm lost without you. Come on, begin to worship. Begin to worship. This is the air, and this is the air I breathe, and this is the air I. Breathe. now if you're needing if you're needing right now to be touched by God you can you can begin to step out right now why don't you get prayed for before you leave today this is my time and this is my said to be filled with the Holy Ghost be filled be baptized let's play in the background just like that, that's good if you need to come, just come on, we're going to spend just a moment or two with this if you need to slip out let me just say, if you need to slip out, don't forget Haiti on now be benevolent and compassionate don't forget Haiti but I'd love for you just to hang and just pull for these who are needing to be filled with God before they leave this morning come on let's begin to fill the altars right now be filled be filled right now Lord we loose we loose your words and we loose the tongue be filled yeah be filled come on don't don't hesitate to tarry a little bit it's okay be filled be filled purra babaraza here to here purra da yeah hier babaraza sondo put some air behind it you got there it's god's movement. Just put some air behind that thing hierondo sondo purra babaraza ise toto purra congregation let's worship God I'm telling you this week, if you I just know right now there's some who may not have got the breakthrough they'd wanted. I'm telling you, you may wake up out of a dead sleep and find yourself praying in the Spirit. You may get in a shower, and all of a sudden, as you're just kind of singing a melody to God, some some sound just comes. It's okay. It's okay. It's just the Spirit helping you intercede. Father, I ask now that you would just send your Holy Spirit and refill our church. Lord, we need a fresh baptism in our church of your presence. Oh, we recognize all the good things that you have done. We recognize the plan and the program and the awesomeness of the Father. We recognize the sacrifice And and the and the giving and the instruction of the son, but Lord, we want to honor and be open to the winds of the Spirit as He blows, Lord, through our lives through this church. Thank you, Lord, for doing that this day. We just honor you, sir. We just honor you, folks. We're gonna keep praying for people. And it's just going to end like kind of unusually. But I'm going to go ahead and release you if you'd like to slip out. Please slip out in the spirit of what we're doing here. Go out and be filled with God. I I, I hope we see you ladies at your connect groups and classes sign up. Be here in the middle of the week for the Wednesday night service. And everybody's back in the house of God on Sunday. It's going to be a great Lord's Day next Sunday. Amen. God bless you. We love you and God loves you and I'm releasing you right now if you need to slip out. oh go God. Come on, we'll sing in the spirit. Oh, I sing with understanding and I sing